Crime Curious is a true crime podcast that takes an in-depth look into real cases. The content may be triggering or inappropriate for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Charnel and I'm Amber and today we have a missing persons kind of solved not solved case for you we have the case of Heather Elvis and you have to excuse me if I clear my throat a lot we just finished brain bath it was we just finished recording a brain bath only episode which if you're a $10 $10 a month Patreon member you get once a month. Mm. And we laughed so hard that it like loosened things from it the cockles of my soul. Yes, the, co- the cockles. The cockles are coming up. <laughs> really are. And <clears throat> so I um, I will apologize in advance for any extra throat clearing that I may not be able to edit all out. So yes, this is the interesting and tragic case of Heather Elvis. Do you know anything about this? I don't. So how I stumbled upon it actually was doing something else for my other job. And this headline came up because apparently Dateline, and I did not apparently, I don't know why I said apparently, Dateline just recently did an updated episode and released it in March of this year Mm -hmm. about it because this case was from 2013. There was just some updated information while I got really sucked into the story because it's just like, wow, there's there's some things here that I'm like, things. you know, yeah, I think that our listeners um, need to hear, but also to help keep uh, Heather's case going. And it is still an active investigation because we know that, that Heather is gone. So it's we confirmed know that some, she's like, yeah, she has passed. Yeah, I've there's really no doubt okay. of that. Um, they don't have a body, so okay, I'll throw that out there, the play devil's advocate, that there's always a possibility, but she was only 20 years old. She wasn't just leaving. You'll you'll hear the circumstances, mm-hmm. and you're going to be like, oh, okay, yeah. This, this has a Brian Schaefer undertone it, a little bit. It, it is. Well, just or not in, so much. Not in the storyline, no, but just in the... We know Never she didn't run away. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That sort of thing. That's what I was thinking because yeah. that was one of the... Yeah, one of the theories yes, about that he him. had run mm-hmm. away. And I was like, mm, nope. no, I don't think so. That's definitely not the case here. Mm-hmm. So. Heather Elvis was born June 30th, 1993. She was the middle daughter of Terry and Debbie Elvis. Uh, she has an older brother, Chris, and a younger sister, Morgan, who looks exactly like her. Oh, really? It is striking. Wow. Mm-hmm. She was very artistic and energetic. Uh, her sister described her as being not really a tomboy, but not a girly girl either. Like she was willing to go ride four wheelers, but then she would shower and dress in a dress the same day. Gotcha. You know, she was to some even considered her kind of quiet and shy, but she was, she did have like a little bit of an edge to her. She had tattoos that her parents did not approve of her oh, having so. on her forearm, under her ribs, um, on her upper right thigh. She also, at the time that this case was going on, she was working at the Tilted Kilt. Do you know? Oh, I'm not about familiar. That? So the Tilted Kilt has a uniform that all of their waitresses must wear. And to some, it's considered provocative. To others, it's not. It is a white, revealing little top that ties like right at the breast and your whole midriff is bare 
and then it's like a short plaid skirt. Okay, gotcha. Is what you wear. So she's she's shy, but she was edgy enough to, and confident, enough, and she's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I mean, absolutely. We have so many gorgeous yeah. ones that we come across. It's Makes me grateful to be a troll. No one's coming after me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good here. <laughs> but yeah, she is. Um, she is beautiful and had the. You know, the confidence to work at the tilted yeah. kilt. Yeah, to wear the outfit. Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Yeah, and look adorable in it. Right, and right. She is a native of, native of Horry County, South Carolina. She graduated in 2011 from St. James High School, which is in Merle's Inlet. This all, she worked at the tilted kilt in Myrtle Beach. And it's so funny because I used to travel to Myrtle Beach to visit relatives for like 13 years in a row. And I know right where all of this stuff that this case happens is at so if you're from that area i'm i know you do as well they're very popular spots Mm -hmm. when she graduated her parents allowed her to move out at her and get her own apartment with her best friend brie so those two were roommates and they were very very close brie also worked as a waitress at the tilted kilt oh okay yep um she also worked at the house of blues too which i have been there in north myrtle beach i have been there also yes and she was studying cosmetology. That's what she was doing after high school. Her dad was quoted in an article, all of them are linked in the show notes, to say, Heather loves animals and children and helping those less fortunate. When she traveled to Costa Rica for a missionary trip three years ago, I told her how, as a diver, she might enjoy the beauty of the water, how extraordinary it is when you break the calm. He, he kind of goes on about like how luminescent green the water is and just you know wanting her to admire that. But when she returned home from the trip, she said nothing of the water. She said, Dad, I have to tell you what I did. It was so great. And then she went on to tell about how she traveled to a tiny village and talked to a small woman living in a 10 by 10 foot house with a broken roof and the water leaking through it. So they built her a new roof. She's like, the lady cried and then I cried. I had never used a hammer in my life, but I built her a roof. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. She also talked about how she went to the town's orphanage. She taught children how to read books and stories. She never once mentioned the water that her dad thought she would really like enjoy. And she did swim in it with her m- missionary peop- you know, companions, but she mm-hmm. was, the point of his story is that what got her the most about doing that wasn't her own experiences you know, with the nature and where she was at in the scene, it was what she what she was doing, how great the people were yeah, and what she was doing yeah. with the people. So we're going to begin this case in December of 2013. Now, Heather was no longer working at the Tilted Kilt or the House of Blues. She had just started her new job as a cosmetologist at a salon. Okay, so she made it through school. Yep. And she was going on a first date, this is December 17th, 2013, with a man named Stephen Schiraldi, is what I'm going to say. Stephen, oh, sorry. Sounds like man. a good good choice. Yeah, sorry if I butchered your name, dude. <clears throat> but I bet in kindergarten it was, learn, it was hard to learn how to write, too. <laughs> so they go on their date about 10 p.m. on December 17th. It's a late date. Okay, but we're almost 40. But, okay, fair. Okay. Fair, yeah. She's 20. The kids these the kids, days. Nothing the, good fine. starts yeah. until 10 p.m. You're right, you're right. Remember I, those days. I would be considering that at that time. Well, plus they're in Myrtle Beach. So, oh, yeah. I mean, I, literally, yeah. that does not start until you're right. yeah, yeah. after you're off the beach for the day and have had dinner and all that. So they drove around 
looking at residential Christmas lights in the area. Oh, I love doing cute. that, by the way. Me too. That's so much fun. Yeah, so it's just a nice, wholesome we date. We can do that sometime, but maybe like 7 p.m.? Yes. Let's I agree. It gets, here in Michigan, yeah. it gets dark by in December in by winter, 5. Yeah, we could so, do a 7 p.m. Yeah, 5 is even better. Let's do it. <laughs> the earlier, the better. Yeah. <laughs> After we have our early bird special dinner. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's a plan. So later... They drove into the parking lot of the Inlet Square Mall where he was teaching her how to drive his manual transmission. Yeah. So it sounds like a nice little date. Yes. And Heather actually sent photos, and on the dateline you can see the actual photo. It's really cute. She's smiling, and uh, where she had sent this photo learning how to drive the stick mm-hmm. to her father and to her best friend, Bree. They, when they got that, that photo, that's the last time that her dad from her but it's not the last time that Brie hears from her okay so Sheraldi drops Heather off at her Carolina forest apartment around 1 15 a.m and he is the last known person to have seen her alive I will just say right off the bat that he is not a suspect his alibi um camera evidence everything he was telling the truth you saw my suspicious eye over yes I did "Hmm." Mm mm-hmm Okay. Did he drop her yes, off? Exactly. No, he did. Yep. At so he's been cleared. Yep. Nothing. Because there okay. there is security footage outside her apartment. Oh, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he is never was never a person of interest. So you Noted. might you might want to know like well okay how did she go missing? Who has a motive to harm a twenty year old girl yeah. with a bright future ahead of her? Right. I mean, what the heck? So in order to get more clarity on this, we're gonna have to go back a little bit further to June two thousand and thirteen when Heather was working as a waitress at the Tilted Kilt. In walked in an average-looking white dude with a dad bod who was hired to do some maintenance work on the restaurant's kitchen equipment. Mm, Okay. That man was 37-year-old Sidney Moorer. Not Moore, Moorer. Moorer? Yep, M-O-O-R-E-R. He walks in, and some tweets that were put out by Heather earlier in the month of June showed that she was... She had tweeted that she has a taste for older men. Well, as it turns out, Sydney has a taste for younger women because the two began an affair. Oh. So he's 37. She's 20. So she saw the dad bod and was like, what's up? Apparently the dad bod and the taint face because hmm. I just. Is it a little, <laughs> little taint like? It is a little taint like. You know, where it's just like bland. Um, yeah. Like there's just not much to speak of it. It's just there. That he's just very average. I told you he's an average-looking white man. Yeah, like nothing special. Okay, Mm -hmm. so they had they started an affair. How old was she at that time? Do you know? She's twenty. She's twenty. Okay, she's twenty. He's thirty-seven. All right, he's married. Oh, there it is. Uh huh. There Uh it is. Uh huh. So not only is he married, but he's a father of three, and his wife is Tammy Morer. Now Tammy is um. Let's just say that if Sydney wears the pants in the family, Tammy tells him what pair to wear, what leg to put in first, and how to button them. Okay. And he better comply. Yes. So Tammy is. Tammy's a taint face, too. Okay. Yeah. 
So now I'm seeing where there could be a, a motive here. Mm-hmm. Now it's coming now together. Now it's becoming clear. Mm-hmm. And you know if I'm making fun of the way someone looks, it means they're a perpetrator. Because sure. I would never do that to you a regular You would never call it, uh, just an average mom a taint face. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> but not, this one. Not unless I know they've done something horrible. Then okay. I, yeah, then I will. I was going to say, whenever there is a gorgeous young female that's killed, it's usually some kind of jealousy I definitely, yes. So It's so sad. mm -hmm. So sad. So now the summer of 2013 progresses. It can be a little bit confusing because here in America, Sydney is a female's name. It does throw me off. And actually, this dude doesn't have any balls, so So he might as well be female. (laughs) So it's fine. If you guys want to picture a chick, go ahead. You know, I I might. Yeah. Because that's that's my right to do. Yeah, right. You can picture whatever you want. A taint Mm -hmm. walking around with no balls. It's fine. It's a woman. That is a woman. The visual that I just got. <laughs> I'll just, I'll go with that. <laughs> so, the two have a relationship. Now, according to Morer, his relationship, which he tried in the beginning to deny that was sexual in nature and that he of had course. it all. He claims that it mainly took place in September, but let's be real and cut to the damn chase. They met in June. He was working on the maintenance things, doing maintenance things at the Tilted Kilt in June. Heather's friends, close friends and whatnot, Bree especially, testified to the things that Heather was texting her friends about him. Like he, they both very much were very into one another Mm -hmm. and sparks flew. You know what I mean? It wasn't, so for him to be like, initially Uh, even tried to say it wasn't sexual in nature, whatever. He's a liar. Heather's family's like, uh, or friends are like, no, no, no. We talked about, she talked about him all the time. Girls talk. Yeah, exactly. And so. female friends know everything. They do. Gentlemen. Yes. Like, Everything. Everything. <laughs> Even when you think, no, she you, wouldn't tell. No, no you she have, did. You have no secrets. Yeah, you, uh-huh. you don't. You, and also, you measure in inches, not centimeters. Okay? <laughs> yes. Because there's a difference. But according to court testimony from Heather's best friend, who had I said earlier, also worked at the Tilted Kilt, Brie. She was like, yeah, even when he wasn't contracted to work at the Tilted Kilt, he would stop and bring coffee and bagels to Heather she was actually really nice about it. She's like, he was very sweet to her. He was really kind to her. He, you know, I mean, I'm sure that he also probably liked the fact that Heather didn't treat him like shit. Mm-hmm. You know? Because his which wife find was not out so that, nice, yeah, I'm assuming. Tammy Taintface definitely mm-hmm. is not so nice. Heather's Twitter account almost told the whole story. Like, Oh, really? Yeah. Like, in July, she twoted. She twoted. <laughs> Can that please From now on, be a thing? She twoted. She twoted. Yeah. It's a tweet and a quote. Yes. It's a twote. It's a thing, officially. Okay. Everyone feel free to use it. Yep. Be it. Slap it on some merch. Yes. It's fine. So what, what she twoted was that baby did a bad, bad thing, and I'm in too deep, but watch me go deeper. Oh. So, it, yeah. Ooh. I know. Yuck. I, I don't appreciate yeah, I don't. the language. <laughs> shame. Shame on you, Missy. <laughs> you know, that's really me throwing stones at a glass house because I've just been talking about taints this whole right, episode. Right. And I'm like, don't talk <laughs> about going deeper. <laughs> but anyway, it's my show, damn it. Yeah, you could do, do whatever you want. want. So, Brianna, the Brie as she prefers to be called, uh, even told of conversations where Heather was saying that Morer wanted Heather to move to Florida with him and his wife so that she could be their nanny. Oh, God. 
that is exactly what I wrote in my notes. Oh, oh God. God. Like, okay, sir, with your fantasy about, you know, stooping the nanny. Yeah. Come on. Moving to Utah to have your... Right. Multiple wives. Well, we'll get to that in a second, too. Then in September, Heather twoted, because now it's a thing. (laughs) It is a thing. Um, Once upon a time, an angel and a devil fell in love, and it did not end well. And that tweet, actually, I looked it up. It's still up. Oh, is it? It is, yeah. You, yep. And people actually have commented on it, like, no, it has not, you know, or no, it did not end well, but we'll get justice for you and all those things. Mm, yeah, it's still up. Wow. Now, court records indicate that this was the starting point of where their affair ended because Tammy Moore had become aware. And Tammy had made Sydney call Heather and end the relationship on speakerphone while she listened. Okay. I don't fault her for that. I might have mm-hmm. done that. Doesn't that's not too crazy mm-hmm. to me. A lot has come out about Tammy. There are te- there's text me- message evidence that she has told people that she's been having Sydney followed since 2012. Oh, mm-hmm. If you gotta have your man followed, maybe you need to reevaluate some things. That's exactly honey. what I'm thinking. Like that's a lot of work. Right, right. And so it would seem like okay, the jig is up. You know, it's time for it to stop. Big Mama found out about yeah. the affair, and we're putting an end to it, and th- this should be the end of the story. For Heather, who's 20, this was the end of the story. Mm-hmm. She's like, She's okay. like, I'll get a new, new man. Yeah, like, like I'm done. Up. It's fine. It was not the end of the story for Tammy. I think she's, I'm, I'm guessing she's wanting some blood at this point. Yeah. Tammy's more like, you don't mess with this taint face. Oh, that, yeah. this is my taint. This is. <laughs> And mine only. No one else is having it. <laughs> yeah. Still trying to figure out why anyone else would want it, but okay. I need to see this gentleman. It's just an average looking, like, dude. Like, it's not someone that, as a 20-year-old, that I would have been like, oh. Uh, oh. Yeah. Taint God. face. Taint face, right? I just, I needed to put a face with this man that this gorgeous 20-year-old yes. is like, Oh, yeah, because when you look up pictures for. of her, you're going to be like, what? And I'm seeing, my goodness. Okay. She just had something going for older men. That's really all he had going for her, for him, that he was older than her. I feel like there might be some just for men hiding in that goatee. <laughs> oh, definitely. Say it. Hiding. It is rich it is, in color. <laughs> that goatee is glaring at you. Like that, just for that men. is a just for men. Oh, God. That look on his face. Yeah, that look is creepy. Okay. All right. I just I nope, needed to okay. see him. I got you. And yeah. I see her too. I see her. Uh-huh. Yeah. So. You see what I'm meaning? Okay. Yeah. Good. All good. right. Now that I have visuals. It'll make more sense. So you'd think like, all right, they're going to move on. The, you know, Heather's going to go on with her life and Sydney and Tammy are going to go to marriage counseling and likely waste the counselor's time only talking about how much they love one another while actually fantasizing about someone else during sex only to eventually end an inevitable divorce months later. Mm-hmm. You know that song. The, the old <laughs> the old routine. Yep. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's not what happens. Instead, what happens is Tammy starts handcuffing Sydney to bed at night to make Wait, sure his... what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, this took a turn I wasn't prepared for. Yes, yes. Hold on, because we're turning a lot. Forget the counseling. Give yep. me the cuffs. Yep. She's handcuffing him to bed at night to make sure that his cheating ass isn't escaping while she is getting her much, and I cannot emphasize this enough, much needed beauty sleep. So, so much needed. 
Yep. Like maybe a really strong eye cream. Now. And- Oh, I don't even know if that Baby, would cut it. Eye cream is long gone. We're, we're past that those point. years are behind her, and we'll get to it. Just a second, so you just wait. So Sydney is handcuffed to the bed. Rodan and Fields cannot no. help you now. <laughs> Your time has passed. Right. The person who originally testifies to the handcuffing is her own sister. Oh, uh huh. But. Tammy gets on later and testified that they testifies that they had a sleigh bed, so handcuffing her husband to the bed couldn't have been possible. But this is after she actually already told police that, no, I handcuffed him because it's his particular kink. Oh, so he wanted he to be handcuffed. Mm-hmm. Okay. He wanted to be handcuffed and me take the key and leave or lay right next to him and sleep. He I likes mean, that. Who wouldn't? He likes that. Yeah, that's that's his request. Who else? Honey. Raise your hand if you'd like to be handcuffed and then have t- Tammy Morer lay next to you. Look her up, guys. Yes. Please look her up. Because that's every man's fantasy I bet right she there. she watched him sleep too. Absolutely. Like with the key mm-hmm. in her hand. Oh my goodness. As if that's if not bad enough. You have got to do that much to keep your man. Right. Like, please do some soul searching. Well, she also changed his phone password to, to one that only she knew, took his phone from him at one point in time, accompanied him wherever he traveled outside of the house. Like, he couldn't shake a bitch. Mm-mm. <laughs> she practically handcuffed him to her. Yeah. I mean, really. I mean, she probably just should have. Now, Sydney agreed to all these restrictions in order to save their marriage. He so gave, he wanted to save it. Yep. He gave her or gave his phone to her. She changed the passcode. He didn't know it. Tammy also made Sydney get her name tattooed <laughs> above his crotch. Stop. I don't no. think it says taint face Tammy. I think it just says Tammy. Oh, my gosh. Yep. Above his crotch. Like, that. first of all. What? Like, why? Men don't, men don't do that. <laughs> Apparently they do if they're married to Can you Tammy. imagine that ta- that tattoo artist, too? Like, um, can we put something over this? <laughs> I'm just going to, just here's a washcloth. Exactly. I'm just going to put that oh, right there. It looks like we just need the baby washcloth after all. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just a, ma- a makeup removing pad. <laughs> okay, we're good. That'll, that'll do it. <laughs> Okay, It'll so do. what was that again? T-A-M-M. Is that I-E or Y? And now I suddenly feel bad for tattoo artists. I know. <laughs> Me too. Like, you want that name where, sir? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Just above your crotch. Okay, okay, that's what I thought All you right. said. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, now, later, she testifies that that tattoo did not happen during the Heather Elvis affair. That happened in 2012. To which I say, you mean when you were having him followed? So if right. it wasn't the as a result of the Heather affair, it was probably the result of some sort Another of suspicion. One. Yeah. 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 It sounds like she was suspicious of him for a long time yeah. if he's being followed. Yep. Yep. She also started sending Heather threatening text messages both with her phone and with Sydney's phone. And in testimony during one of the many, many court proceedings that you'll learn about in this case, Tammy sent a message from Sydney's phone that said, Hey, sweetie, ready to meet the missus? Oh. Mm-hmm. She's that bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Which in in the court, <clears throat> re- or court hearing was displayed as a threat. 
I, I mean, say mm-hmm. so. That is a threat. Now, um, yeah. As if the messages aren't already bad enough, she also called Heather's work many times, making complaints against her and telling the tilted kilt that her husband would stop repairing, is going to stop repairing their equipment as long as Elvis continued to work there. So if you still, if you want a contract, he's a contract welder. So if you want to contract with him, you've got to fire Heather. We got a little Shelly going on I here. know, yeah. She's calling the workplace. Mm-hmm. She's you know, very Shelly-esque. Come on, sister. Like, do a little soul searching. Do a little work. Like, we're going to, yep, hold on. I've got I've got some advice for her in just a minute. Okay. okay. Because, and here's the part that I think is just the worst. She even sent her, Heather, photos of her and Sydney engaging in sexual acts. Oh. You guys, there is nothing worse than unsolicited sex photos of some boring ass married sex. You know, nobody wants to see like, your married sex. No one wants to see missionary. Oh my like, gosh! And here's a picture of Sydney on top. Sydney was probably just like, <laughs> right? I don't know. In his handcuffs. <laughs> yeah, on the yeah, he's handcuffed right. to and the here's bed. Here's a picture of me on top, and like. Engaging in boring marital sex. Gel- gelatinous <laughs> intercourse. No. No one wants photos of that no. except the two of you. No. And if you oh. look them up, I mean, mm. I think this poor girl, that is punishment for a that lifetime. Is, that is. Let's call but, it I mean, good. And like, she was legitimately, her friends will say, testified and, and told Dateline as well. She was legitimately in love with Sydney. Mm-hmm. So to send Ew, those but, okay. photos... Yeah, that that was probably really hard. You know, to see. And I give Heather credit. She wasn't responding to any of this stuff. Okay. So she was trying mm-hmm. to like move forward and She was. She was not responding. And she is a better person than me because I would have been like weird. He looked a lot happier when I was having sex mm-hmm. with him. It would have been hard not to feed into right. those. It we absolutely. Mm-hmm. She the only thing that she does At one point in time, right back, I am no one that you need to worry about. Oh, Tammy sent a text that said, by the way, dad no longer has his phone. So now she's, you know, trying to reiterate like he's a father. Oh, oh, yeah. You know. Okay. And she writes, she wrote back, I am no one that you need to worry about anymore. Like, I am done with your, like, leave me alone, Mm -hmm. you know. It's so, I mean, I, I get that Tammy was probably very... Hurt. Hurt. Yeah. But as you're having intercourse with the man that chose to cheat on you and you're attacking the woman, Mm -hmm. I just, that always blows my mind. Well, that's just it. Like, I want to have a heart to heart with her and be like, girlfriend, when a man does you wrong and cheats on you with a younger woman, you do not stalk her ass and take it out on the said woman. Instead, you get yourself a titty lift. Maybe some eyelash extensions, right? And you get a new man. Right. A little nip, a little tuck, and you leave his sorry ass for someone with a larger 401k. Personality. Yeah. Yeah. And better morals. What did you think I was going to say there, Amber? (laughs) (laughs) Personality, of course. Of course. Yes, yes. That's I don't. Uh, you know, and I, I don't want to judge because I, I, I that would suck. It would really suck. But man, she's taking it to a whole new level. Yeah, too of much. Just really, yep, too it's much. just dirty. So, and you know, all this stuff is in evidence. They also, by her phone records, see. Sorry that, for the officers that had to see those photos. Oh God, don't be a phone forensic expert because yeah. the shit oh, you God. must see. Hold on, we're getting 
We're getting even deeper into it. Mm -hmm. By Tammy's phone records, they discovered that she also started to started talking with as soon as she found out about the affair. She started talking with an old flame, Kevin Hummel. He was an old acquaintance who knew her since he's known her since 1998. Mm. She reached out to him in October 2013 on Facebook and began sexting him. He testified. And told Don't tell the me jurors, there was some badge picks coming. The, coming oh God, in. you know probably because he testified that she was looking for someone basically to have sex with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Hummel was like, "No, it didn't happen." And when you see photos of Tammy, you'll understand why she's not aged she's like gracefully. Hard pass. So yeah, I'm good. Like you know, you see those pictures of people from high school that you're like, "Fuck, dodged a bullet." She's one of those. Yeah, yeah. She's the kind <laughs> oh, that everybody again. goes. Everybody goes. Ooh, oh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's Tammy. Yeah, huh? yeah. I bet back in the day she was probably pretty. She, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, and I wouldn't even judge her so much if she, you some know, shit has gone awry. Oh no, that's just it. If I didn't know that she murdered a girl and then hid her body, like I would be, I would actually feel really sorry for her. Like your husband cheated on you, and that's awful. Yeah, it sucks. It does. Like that. Yeah, and I bet if she, you know, slaps some. Really well placed makeup on and gets a good charming personality. I, I think she could have made a different life for herself, mm-hmm. but that's not the the way she took. So, so I'm assuming she's the top suspect in this. Well, they both are. They okay. both get there. Oh, We're oh, getting there. So okay. now, Jumping eventually, ahead. eventually, Heather is getting sick of the harassment, um, and rightfully Mm -hmm. and this whole time she is telling her best friend more than one actually about what's going on like they know her roommate everything knows of the harassment of tammy so this is not just evidence from like phone records Mm -hmm. this is also the family being like yeah it was very obvious couple stalked her okay so did sydney have to kind of like get in on this too because he Oh, yeah. Had to do what he was mm-hmm. told, basically. Yep. At one point, Sydney managed to begin texting Heather again, telling her that his wife had not objected to the affair itself because she also had a lover. But she was a, he she was upset that he was lying about it. El, Heather was like, okay, when are you going to have your phone back? And he was like, well, you know, our relationship has to be over. Heather's like, yep, I agree, it does. And she's like, but you need to get your wife to stop harassing me. She needs to stop calling the tilted kilt. And she said in a text, I lost hours today because they sent me home after she kept calling. Wow. You know, make this stop. On November 5th, when Elvis last saw Sydney, she retweeted a joke by comedian Daniel Tosh. And we know that that was the last time because of Brie, the roommate, retweeted a joke. By Daniel Tosh. I do love Tosh, by I the way. I do, too. That seemed to be indirectly referencing the affair. It said, hey, married fellas, you can either cheat on your wife or murder her, but never both. That's when you get caught. Oh. Okay. So okay. she's just like, all right. That appeared to be the end of communications between Heather Elvis and the Mortars. So did he see her again after, like, the... Affair September had... when they were, you know, ca- originally caught. And then he saw her again. They ca- yes. Yep. He got his phone taken away like a naughty little boy mm-hmm. when he, yep, when he got it back or somehow was managed to be able to text her again. They had 
They met talk. up. Mm-hmm. Okay. They met up. So at this point in time, the, the couple and their children left South Carolina to go to Disneyland for a vacation on November 19th, and they returned on December 11th. By all accounts from family and friends, Heather was moving on from the affair. She was going to church again. She was planning dates with other people. Her co-workers had noticed that she had gained weight, and she went up three cup sizes in her tilted kilt uniform. Okay. The manager at the tilted kilt testified that she had taken one pregnancy test, but it read as it came back with an error. Like, you know how some of them can say pregnant, not not yeah. pregnant? They literally spell it out for you. This one came back error. So Heather was concerned that she was mm-hmm. pregnant with Sydney's baby. There is testimony from another man, though, that said that said they were having sexual relations. So I... I don't know if it was necessarily Sydney's baby, and there's no evidence at this point in time to prove whether she was pregnant or not. Gotcha. But it becomes important in a minute, so that's why I'm telling you this. Because the possible pregnancy can be seen as a motive for her disappearance. Even more interestingly is that the night that Heather went missing, there is video camera footage of Sydney Moorer buying a pregnancy test. Oh, wow. Okay. And it's believed... That he bought the pregnancy test and that he was going to lure Heather with the pregnancy test of, come on, you know, come take this test. Let's figure this out together. However, Tammy Moore says they were working on their marriage and actively trying to get pregnant. And the pregnancy test that he bought at 3 a.m. was was for for her. her. Because when your husband cheats on you and you're having serious marital problems... What better thing to do than bring a, a baby. baby into the picture? And you better check at 3 a.m. Yeah. To see if you're pregnant. Because you got to know at 3 a.m. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. So she may have been pregnant, but they never confirmed it? No. Well, they've we never have, found her, right? right. We okay. have no idea. Gotcha. So we're going to go back to December 17th when, when Heather was dropped off by Stephen. Remember, he had just had this the first the date. date. Yep, yep, the first date with. She was dropped off at 1.15 a.m. 20 minutes later, a call was placed from a payphone to Heather's cell phone. It lasted five minutes. Shortly afterwards, Heather called Bree, her roommate. Bree was, because remember, this is close to Christmas. This is December 17th. Bree was out of town for a couple of weeks for vacation with her family. Okay. It is 1.44 a.m. She calls Bree and says, Sydney just called me and wants to meet me. Oh, boy. Bree's like, listen, she was she was bawling. She was really upset. Like, she hasn't talked to him in mm-hmm. weeks. She's moving on, and now he's resurfacing. She's like, listen, sleep on it. Do not do anything rash. Mm-hmm. Those were her words. Just just go to sleep. Glad you had a good first date. And, you know, good yeah. night. Good go night. to bed. Yep. Good night. I love you. They always said I love you before they hung up. Bree actually said that he she was pretty hysterical during the conversation. When the call was ended, Heather's whereabouts have not really been conclusively established but beyond 1.45 a.m. when she was on the phone with Bree. We do know that Sydney denied placing that call from a payphone to Heather's cell phone. Even though she called her friend and said, Sydney yep. just called me. And he finally admitted it after being confronted with the video camera footage that caught him making that cell phone or that payphone oh. call. And there it is. And there it is. So there's that. Now, on the evening of December 19th, her green Dodge Intrepid was found by a police officer, and it was parked, like, taking, it was perpendicular in 
the parking spaces, taking up like three spaces. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and it was at Peachtree Landing Boat Launch, which is actually a really nice, quiet place by the Wakama River. It's about eight miles from her apartment. The car was locked, and the police look up the registration. It's registered to her parents. So the police go to her parents. They're like, are you missing a vehicle? Her parents look in their driveway. They're like, no. And they're like, are you sure? Because we found this green Dodge Intrepid with here's the license plate number. And they're like, oh, that's our that's our daughter's. So her dad actually goes down with this bare set of keys with the police officer to search the car. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And in the car, they found her phone, her keys, and her purse were not inside. Calls to her cell phone went unanswered. And she was not at her apartment, nor either, neither one of her jobs. So now they're like, okay, we've, we have a missing person. Yeah, she is not present anywhere. Her poor dad on the 2020 episode too is just like, he want, the police officer wanted to open the trunk and he gave the dad a pair of gloves, like just in case he shouldn't be touching things. And Mm. he was like, I was terrified to open that trunk. Rightfully so. I don't know that I could have handled that. Kudos no. to him. So she went missing. She was last seen on, your De- last known, known about on December 18th. And her car was found December 19th. Right before Christmas mm-hmm. too. Yes. Mm. But they started the missing person investigation right away. And that's how they um, they cleared Scaraldi, Stephen, the first date guy. Yeah. They did do searches of the riverbed. They had divers go all the way through because this is at like a boat launch mm-hmm. that her vehicle was found. And they found nothing. There's evidence that I'll go over in a minute from the pings of her cell phone of where they were at. And they can tell that somewhere in this vast waterway is where her phone is at. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. But they never actually found the phone. No. Okay, Mm-mm. but they could just tell that that's... Right, or her wallet or any of the stuff that was missing from her car. They never found it. On New Year's Day, they did find a set of bones, but it was determined that it belonged to a male. Oh. Which I'm like... That's still... Oh, my gosh. Disturbing. Right, but who is that? Yeah. I tried to look into it. Like, has it... it was bones. Yes! Like, but they I don't feel know. like that comes up a lot, that they find other, other people. Mm-hmm. Yes, we've seen that like, several like, times. Yes, I'm like, oh, great. Which case do you belong to? Yeah. You know? Now we have to do another one. Right, right. <laughs> oh, wow. So let's go over those cell phone records. They were ab- able to obtain Elvis's phone records, which I'm going to actually just start for a second and say, when they discovered their daughter missing, the Elvis family went deep diving into their own investigation because they could get on her cell phone was on their plan. So they logged in to see her phone calls. Mm -hmm. They started looking, you know, back and forth and they saw her phone had a lot of activity between one and like three 30 in the morning Mm -hmm. on that morning of December 18th, the pay phone call. She had actually called that pay phone and it went unanswered like nine times after the phone had called her. Oh, and then, then she called Sydney Moore's phone after those unanswered nine pay phone mm-hmm. uh, phone calls, and they talked. It was a four-minute long conversation. Very early on, like when their daughter was missing, Mr. Elvis, Terry, called that number because they're like, who, you know, who they don't, yeah. yeah, they don't know anything about Sydney. He answered the phone, and he was like, listen, I'm Heather Elvis's father, you know, have you... I can see that you talked to her just a couple of days ago at, you know, whatever time in the morning. Can you, uh, you know, just, I just need information. Like, have you seen her? 
He immediately went on the defensive, claiming that he has no idea who Heather Elvis is, and immediately started with profanities. Why the F would you call me? Don't effing call me ever again. Wow. I don't effing know who you're talking about. And it's like- A little um, suspicious there, Hold pal. Yeah. Hold up. If someone called me and I legitimately had nothing to do with it, I would be like, oh my God, yes, I do know your daughter. Mm-hmm. This is what we talked about. This is what I'm so sorry that she's missing. Yeah, absolutely. Let me know if there's anything that you I could do to help. And instead, he's, he's absolutely hostile right away. Right That's- away. And I don't know who she is. So suspicious. Yeah. So let's go over the pings. The pings of her phone show that at 2.29 and 3.05, she had called that payphone nine times without answer. Now, shortly afterwards, her phone was taken to Longbeard's Bar and Grill, which is in the Carolina Forest, where it remained for 15 minutes. After the phone left, it was taken farther away to Augusta Plantation Drive, whereupon it was returned to Longbeard's for another 15 minutes. So she's driving around or someone is driving her around mm-hmm. okay at the end of that time period a call to sydney's cell phone was placed from it but was not answered the phone appeared to be in motion suggesting that it had left long beards within five minutes it was back at heather's apartment and remained there for another five minutes during that time it called sydney's phone again and at that time sydney's phone it because they did get his phone records, was located at his home, resulting in the four-minute phone conversation. Okay. So his phone is at home. He's having that conversation yeah. with her from home. At 3.37 a.m., about eight minutes after that call ended, the phone is taken to Peachtree Landing. So they planned to meet up at Peachtree Landing. They had a four-minute phone conversation, mm-hmm. and then she drives to Peachtree Landing, where her vehicle... Uh, oh, that's where it was, that's right? That's where her vehicle was, Peachtree okay. Landing. A minute later, three attempts are made to call Sydney's phone within the space of two minutes, and all are un- unanswered. At 3.41 a.m., another attempt was made. A minute and a half later, data, data records for Heather's phone end. Its location could only be identified as somewhere in Waccamaw National Wildlife Refuge. Interesting. So they that is when she obviously met him. Yep. And then the phone disappears. Yep. yep. Tammy and Sydney's phone records were also examined. There had been no communication between the two of these phones from November 2nd. Like, the last time they had texted one another was November 2nd. Now, the day Sydney said the reason for that is because that's when he surrendered his phone to Tammy as a condition of remaining married to her mm-hmm. until 3 4 37 a.m december 18th when she sent him a message asking for quote pot stickers and orange juice to which he replied yes ma'am immediately afterwards so this is 4 37 on the day that heather went missing now all of a sudden they're texting each other that she wants pot stickers and orange juice yes ma'am that sounds like a code for something right could be, you know, yes. that's just an odd like, or they're just trying request. to cover up. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Yep. Or they're covering like, oh look, we're texting. Yeah. Originally, Sydney told police that he was home all night, and then they're like, oh really? Because what about this drugstore footage that we have of you buying a pregnancy test at three a.m.? Mm-hmm. Oh right, I did go out with for my wife because 
were trying to have a baby. And Tammy testified that she often, her, her kids were homeschooled, so they stayed up late. So after they went to bed, she had a lot of unpacking and whatnot to do from the big family vacation. They returned home December 11th. And what day was it? December 17th. Okay. I mean, it's almost a week later. It's six days later, and, and you haven't unpacked anything. It's like the so, middle of the night. So you're going to do like, it at 4 oh, a.m.? I'm going to do it now. No. Right, right, right. That's a really odd excuse. I guess I have questions about the pregnancy test thing. Is there a possibility that they were meeting up so she could take one? Yes, that is what the prosecution has laid out in the trials. Okay, so there, that she maybe did think she was that pregnant. She thought she was pregnant, that Sydney was like, listen, let's meet up and take this, and that's how they lured her out. Okay, to so get Tammy's in on all of this too. Yes, and the belief that the prosecution laid forward is that Heather thought she was just meeting Sydney mm-hmm. to take the pregnancy test, gotcha. and Tammy was there too because Tammy's phone shows the same movements uh, so she as was Sydney's present did. at the same location. Yep. Like, I, like I think I already said this, that he claimed he was home all night and that he admitted to taking a phone call from her in the middle of the night, which... He he was like, oh, yep, I did take a phone call from her. So then they're like, yeah, and what about, you know, placing the phone call from the payphone? Because what he did was he placed the phone call from the payphone and then walked into the grocery store and bought a pregnancy mm-hmm. test. And he did not admit to police about that until he was confronted with the camera footage. What's the deal with the payphone? Like, he had a cell phone. I don't understand, like, why the extra payphone call? <laughs> I guess I don't get it. I do think that he was trying to cover, that they were trying to cover their tracks, you know, or he was trying to make it look to Heather. This is probably more believable. Just spitballing here, but I think that he was trying to make it look to Heather like he was going behind Tammy's back. Oh, so he had to use the payphone. Yeah. Gotcha. Because remember, okay. he's luring her to meet him. Not, not Tammy. The both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So okay. And Tammy had been harassing him or her and using all of, you know his phone and everything to do so. So mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. That's probably the only reasonable explanation. Otherwise, I'm like, why the extra payphone call? Yep. I'll go over what exactly the security camera footage came out in the trials about. Police found video evidence further linking Sydney with Heather and their activities in the early morning hours of December 18th. Surveillance video from a Myrtle Beach Walmart showed that at 1.12 a.m. that night, Sydney entered the store, purchased cigars and a pregnancy test, and then left after seven minutes. Footage from the Kangaroo gas station on Joe White Avenue showed Sydney making the call from the payphone across the street to Heather's cell phone at 1.35 a.m. So, excuse me, because earlier I said that he made the payphone, then bought the pregnancy test, and I had that mixed up. Gotcha. He bought the stuff and then the called her. Now, investigators also reviewed footage from private security cameras along the three miles between the Moore's house and Peachtree Landing. It's very close. Peachtree Landing is very close to their house. Mm-hmm. One um, was at a home midway along the route, and another was closer to the landing. They both showed a dark Ford F-150 passing in the direction of the landing at 3.36 and 3.39 a.m. Respect. Then again at 3.45 and 3.46 because it's two different cameras. The vehicle returns going the opposite direction. Now its license plate is not visual. However, after analysis, analysis and enhancement of the video by both 
the South Carolina Highway Patrol Accident Investigation Unit, and the FBI, it was determined to be Sydney's, and it was subsequently searched. They also had a the sales guy who sold them that pickup truck only like the month before. They bought it in November. Testify that, oh. yeah, I sold them a black Ford F-150 p- mm. pickup truck. There is also camera footage showing two days after uh, Heather went missing, Sydney and Tammy doing a deep clean of the Ford pickup truck and wouldn't you know it burning the rags that were used to clean oh, it. Oh gosh, it's very you can see that footage online. It's can very I, obvious what can they I were doing. Just say compared to some of our cases, early two thousands, late nineties, where there was no camera footage. I, I'm so grateful to hear Me one too. where there's like footage. Of, oh yeah, and you know they're all sloppy as fuck. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, I mean, this paints such a clear picture yeah. of what they well, did. His defense attorney is like, you can't tell that that's him at the payphone. It's it's a grainy footage. Um, and the pay, payphone number's on her phone. It is. Like, come on, yes. sir. And, like, and you can tell that it's him. Mm-hmm. Like, what are the chances of a guy, just, you know, a taint-face-looking white dude? Yeah, there's only just, one taint-face here. So, But it makes me think of, like, the Jennifer Cassie, mm-hmm. where there there's so many um, right. things where there's just no footage. Yes. You know? Because of those damn fence poles. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I'm if, still not over if that. If you haven't listened to that case, go back and listen to that one, because that was a wild I'm I'm not over too. those fence posts. Me neither. Like, every shot. There was no His face face. was behind a fence Mm -hmm. post, or her face. So in this one, I'm like, yay, they're basically caught in every step of this doing things. Absolutely. You can see them burning the rags. Yeah. It's the craziest thing. There's also evidence from their cell phone pings that the days leading up to her disappearance, the Moorers, both of them, were at at Heather's favorite hangout places and even her home. Yeah. Wow. What did they do at her home? Were they sca- well, like scoping it out? I think that they knew, according to the case that the prosecution laid out, they did know and figure out that Bree had left and was out of town. Gotcha. Yeah. Now, let's go over arrests and charges, because this is kind of a wild ride, too. The first two arrests related to the case were actually not Sydney and Tammy Moore or anyone else that was suspected of or involved in her disappearance at first, like, you know, the prime suspects. Mm-hmm. On January 28th, 2014, William Christopher Barrett and Garrett Ryan Starnes were arrested and charged with obstruction of justice. Police said that both men had posted information on social media about the case that was either false or misleading, and that investigators had wasted time being diverted from the case when they were looking into information from those post oh, posts. Oh, interesting. Yep. They, the charges ended up being dismissed on Starnes in April because the charging the officer who charged him with that missed the preliminary hearing because he mistakenly believed that the case had been like rescheduled, like continued. Oh. So then they so anyway, then twice during February, Sydney told police that people had fired at him or brandished weapons while he was driving on local roads with his family due to the publicity over his possible role in Heather's disappearance. Oh, so people were finding out that they're suspects and... Well, that's what he's claiming, but this, I think, is more of a situation of I'm the perpetrator, but I'm going to make myself out to be the victim. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. Sheriff's deputies who responded saw no signs that his truck had been hit despite his claim that he had heard shells strike it. 
So he's a little liar. He is. He also claimed later, in addition to those incidences, that he had been followed and received threats against him and his home, and that his family's pets had been killed and mutilated. Later, Sidney posted signs outside the family home, laminating the threats and the impact they had on his children. Children, whom some of them, he said, had been directed at by name. Like, those, the threats had been like, I'm going to, you know, kill your child or whatever. I suspect he created fake accounts and did it himself. I was just going to say, meanwhile. I mean, honestly. He's, like, covered in paint mm-hmm. from the right. signs. and <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it totally sounds like he's trying to spin, like, he's the victim yes, here. exactly. Josh Powell? I'm a family man. Josh Powell, what? yeah, absolutely. On February 21st, they did have enough evidence to search the home. Finally. Yep. And after they searched the home, they did arrest both Sydney and Tammy on uh, charges of murder, kidnapping, obstruction of justice, and two counts each of indecent exposure. Oh, the pictures. Because, yes, because you want to know where those pictures were taken? Public places. Oh, ew. They're, the, they're having public sex. That's just not okay. It takes it to a whole new level of ick. So she was like, let's go out Broad to the park daylight. bench. Yep. You're going to bang me and we're going to send and this young girl send photos. these pictures of our, yes, of Gelatinous you We're talking missionary. Oh. And missionary. <laughs> I feel bad for anybody that like happened to walk by that day or what, whatever the situation was. All I can hope is that at the time there was a creeper in the bushes watching them. So they're like getting perped on while yes. they're being a perpetrator. Yes. That's all we can hope. Oh, that is just the, the oddest way to get revenge mm-hmm. I've ever like. Yeah. Because there's, there's no revenge. It's so just I love how really they're like, gross. by the way, we're slapping you with an indecent exposure yeah, charge. we're adding that to Murder, kidnapping, obstruction of justice, and two and we didn't forget about those of, photos. That's right. <laughs> you, A charge is stemming from them because we are forever. <laughs> we had to look at those photos. That's right. <laughs> at the home, they found a shell casing, concrete mixer, cleaning solutions, and basically what they described as a kidnapping kit boy they didn't really cover their tracks too well no but what they tested what tammy testified to was the shell casing was probably from a turkey hunting oh tammy shut your hole by the way they live in like the most suburban area no turkeys around he's not a hunter he's not hunting that goatee i know is not a hunter's goatee he's not he's not hunting at all. Put your just mm-hmm. for men down, sir, and stop lying. The only thing he's hunting for is, well, I won't say it, <laughs> but we know what I'm thinking. Oh. And it is, it's not, it's not turkey. Yeah, it's not. Then the concrete mixer, this is what really got me. She's like, well, yeah, he needed that for work. <clears throat> he's a contract welder. Hey, you know, I'll Now, is that it. like the cement type of... Oh, it was cement. Yeah, okay. It was the cement. Gotcha. So a better thing would be like, yeah, we're going to put on a back patio. Right, Instead, right. she's like, no, he, oh, needs, it's for work. he needs that for his welding job. Oh, what did they do with her? Like, I so want to. Uh, I know. It I sounds know. like they concreted her somewhere. They did. They shot her, and then they either put her in concrete or used concrete to um, make her body sink. That's my, you know, mm-hmm. possible just some things I'm throwing. I don't, I don't know. I know nothing about nothing, people. 
Don't come at me. But yeah, uh-huh. and then the cleaning solution was for their dirty campers. Mm. Your camper, excuse me. Your campers are not what's dirty here. Well, also they're Oaks. like, first of all, your camper's not dirty, and it doesn't smell a cleaning solution. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the, it's not like the, they didn't even bother to get rid of Mm-mm. the very obvious things that they well, used here. And the um, prosecution did admit to the jury. They're like, listen, we don't know what happened to Heather at Peachtree Landing. But we're asking you to use some common sense based on the evidence found. Yeah. And I just found it funny. The concrete for his work, but he's a welder. Like he's a maintenance man for welding. Right. Like he works. He was he like, was literally welding the kitchen stove. Yeah. What do you need mm-hmm. concrete for right. in your job? Yeah. What I think was the most disturbing footage that I saw was Tammy sitting on the stand, and her and Heather's family had to hear this too, saying that. She wants Heather found, that she doesn't know what happened to her, but she wants her found, and that she wasn't mad at Heather. She was mad at Sydney because the two, they have an open marriage. She got on the stand and actually said that she thinks it's a good idea for married couples at some point in time to have an open marriage as long as you're honest about it. And he wasn't being honest, so that's why she was mad at Sydney. She actually really liked Heather. Oh, my gosh. How for her dare family. you? Yes, to have to sit and listen to her say, I liked her. That's um, horrible. Yeah, it so, is. That's so cruel. And if you liked her so much, and the brings this up, why were you on social media calling her a whore? That's this, a good question. This woman calls her a psycho whore in a Facebook post where she is going off. She put up several Facebook posts that were used against her. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. You know the uncomfortable friend that you have in your newsfeed that puts way too much personal information, and you're like, ooh, this was not the place. This was not the place. But I'm going to stay tuned because I need to see what's going on. But I'm watching, and I'm reading all the comments. Right. Maybe you don't want to put this on Facebook, or you maybe want to delete this. This probably isn't where you should air this. And she's like, fuck that. I want you the people world to is gonna know. know. Yeah. yeah, I'm forever grateful for those posts. So I, that's that's kind of how Tammy is. She okay. was, but those those things were used against her. Oh, I bet in a court of law. Yeah, where it's like, like you didn't on. like her. Yeah, and you're lying. Exactly. You you and literally you called her a psycho whore and yeah. said that she was stalking your husband when it was actually the other way around, and you were obsessed with her. Mm-hmm. There were obstruction the obstruction of justice charges that I mentioned early earlier. Those stemmed from Sydney claiming that he did not make that pay, that payphone phone call. To Heather mm-hmm. until he was faced with the video footage and the um, phone records. And then he was like, oh, yeah, oh, it, it was yeah me. that was me. So they're like, yeah, okay, obstruction of justice because we're investigating the disappearance of this girl. And you're and trying you to claim, yeah. claim, you know, telling her dad that you didn't even know her. Now you're trying to tell us that there's no sexual relationship with her. Yeah, we know. Now, at the time that he was arrested, there was a news conference that was announcing that they had gotten arrested. But the police did not at that time go into detail or evidence that supported the murder and kidnapping charges. Mm -hmm. It has since come out that there is apparently some photographic evidence of Heather's body after she's been deceased and with blood on her shirt. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Where was this 
Like, did they take a picture I, of her or what? Uh, yes. When she was dead. One of the two, I am unsure whose phone, it's not clear of whose phone it is. And the reason it's not clear is because everyone involved, and it's still current right now, there is a gag order. Because uh. of all the Facebook problems, all of the supposed um, threats that Mr. Morer and his family have been getting. Uh-huh. He actually was even allowed to move out of South Carolina to Florida to get away because of the harassment back and forth between the two families. And it was so heated in this town. There was so much that finally a, the judge was like, uh-uh, everyone is under the gag order. I see. However. But they, t- they took a picture of her after they killed her? That is the That's latest disgusting. evidence for the murder charge. Wow. Mm-hmm. So they found it on a phone, but mm-hmm. you just don't know which one. Correct. Correct. Wow. Wow. A month after the arrest and the court ordered the gag order on all participants in the case, case, investigators also announced that they would be later making additional charges that were unrelated to Heather's case that instead involved financial discrepancies filed with the state of South Carolina on behalf of the occupants at the residence. Turns out that apparently the Moorers are... Involved in some Medicaid fraud. Oh, wouldn't you know it? Yep. The, um, on a 2007 application for benefits that exceeded $10,000, the Moorers had failed to disclose the income from their businesses. By the way, they do very well for themselves. Oh, really? So, in the wake of the arrests, the Moorers drew heavy support on social media. Tammy and Sydney had disparaged Heather Elvis as a stalker beforehand on various websites particularly their Facebook page, suggesting that police had framed them and that they were protecting the real killers, hence why the gag order had to be issued. Mm, I see. The Elvis family tried to fight back but felt overwhelmed. In early 2015, the Moorers were released from jail, where they had been held for the preceding 11 months after a judge accepted Tammy's mother's house as collateral to guarantee their $100,000 bond on the murder charges. So they get out, you know, for a bond. Mm -hmm. At the bond hearing, prosecutors told the court they still had no direct evidence linking the couple to Elvis's disappearance. That was that was back in 2015. The Elvis family family argued against the release, claiming that they had received threats from the Moore family and their supporters. So the court required Sydney and Tammy to agree to a GPS monitoring of their whereabouts and to stay five miles away from the Elvis family home at all times to avoid interacting with them on Facebook or any other social media. So it got ugly Mm -hmm. fast. So they were harassing the victim's family. Yep. Even though they clearly murdered. Yep. Also, does that not sound like Josh Powell to you? Oh, absolutely. Remember how he did that? Set up websites. Uh Mm Uh-huh. Everything. Due to the continuing threats against Sydney and Tammy and their difficulties finding work in Horry County, in September the court allowed them, like I said, to move. But they had to continue to, re- to meet their bail conditions and waive extradition from Florida should they violate them. I just, that really, I'm, I have a lot of feels for mm-hmm. that because it's like, you are under investigation for murder, but you get to move, move mm-hmm. so you can live your best life. Yeah. Because they paid their $100,000. Well, they put a house up as collateral for their $100,000 bond. They're out on bond. Wow. Now, in March 2016, prosecutors dropped the murder charges against both Sydney and Tammy without prejudice, meaning that they could reinstate them later should the state decide to. So it's like, all right, 
we have, we're keeping the kidnapping charge, but we don't have you like directly linked to a murder yet. Mm. Okay. Which that was what has changed very recently. Oh. From that photographic evidence that I was telling you about oh, earlier. Oh, okay. <laughs> so f- how long what did that that last that they dropped the charge and so they were kind of like. 2018, 16 to 18. Okay. But they're still, I mean, they're still out on bond on the kidnapping. Gotcha. Yeah. But the murder, the they were just like, justice. we can't mm-hmm. prove that right now. Yep. Okay. The charges related to the alleged Medicaid fraud remained. Um, the Elvises said that while they were disappointed, they understood that prosecutors had to make decisions like that, and they hoped that further investigations and trials on the outstanding charges would eventually lead them to finding out what happened to their daughter, of course. So, in June 2016, the first trial in relation to her disappearance took place when a jury was seated to decide whether Sydney had kidnapped her. Over the next four days, the state presented its case. Elvis's co-workers testified that she had had an affair with Sydney and that they, along with Elvis, Heather Elvis herself, believed that she had gotten pregnant as a result. Law enforcement specialists documented the phone and video records that prosecutors argued connected Sydney to Elvis the morning of the disappearance. And the jurors were also taken to see both Peachtree Landing and the Moorer's house. The last day of the trial was taken up by Bree's testimony. She described the affair between Elvis and Sydney in greater detail and became became really upset detailing her last conversation mm-hmm. with her where she told her, you know, don't do I'm anything. I'm sure Tammy loved hearing all of that. Mm-hmm. On cross-examination, the defense asked her about sometimes Elvis had had difficulties with her family and a reportedly abusive former boyfriend who Elvis had dated prior to meeting Sydney. Now, after the judge rejected the defense's motion to do a direct verdict of not guilty, Sidney's attorney rested his case, making a closing argument to the jury that the case against his client was entirely circumstantial and had only proved that he and Elvis had had an affair. But no, he was connected. The prosecution had showed that they were connected that night. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not a coincidence, you yeah. know. After, de- after deliberating for seven hours, the jury informed the judge that they were inconsolably divided 10 of them wanted to convict but two did not so it was a hung jury and a mistrial was declared as of december 2018 a new date for that trial had not been set i can't i got all the all the Mm -hmm. things going on over here i i don't know i mean just from what you've told me i don't know how this would be complicated. Well, and he keeps going. He's speaking. He is speaking to the media. He's speaking to the press. There's a gag order. Court proceedings related to the case resumed over a year later. In late July 2017, a hearing was held to determine whether Tammy had violated the gag order and should be charged with contempt of court. Neither of the circumstances had necessitated the hearing or its desp- in it, nor its disposition were made public, but Sydney was tried on the... Um, obstruction charge shortly afterwards as well. So basically, her trial wasn't public because there is a gag order. Mm-hmm. And she did violate the gag order. And so we don't know what happened during that court hearing with Tammy because it was not made public gotcha. for her um, violation of the gag order. But for Sydney's obstruction of justice charge, he was sentenced to 10 years in prison for that. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. He did get, you know, his time served for a year earlier because he'd been held there. Mm-hmm. He'll likely be paroled long before serving his full 
sentence. His first application for parole in November 2018 was unanimously denied. So he, that's what he's serving right now. That's all that he was charged with. Nope. We're, we're oh, moving okay. on. Mm-hmm. So he's got, he's got that. Mm-hmm. In April 2018, a grand jury indicted Sidney and Tammy on a single count of conspiracy to kidnap. The first time in the case, charges had been brought like this way. Okay, mm-hmm. they're like, all right. Prosecutors would not elaborate on the spe- specifics of the charge, citing the standing gag order. But it is believed that the indictment and especially the additional charge suggested that either new evidence been, had been found or the or that one of them had agreed to testify against the other. The only way you're going to get a conspiracy conviction is if the co-conspirator comes forward, said one of the lawyers. Mm-hmm. Failing that, the goal might have been to put pressure on both of them, really, to do so. Now, that's a new charge that has come about. Um, some of the new evidence is that photograph uh, that I was mentioning earlier. So how, I guess, my question is... How did it take them so long to discover the photograph? Like, what was the story with that? Because that's a pretty significant thing. I really don't know other than in the Dateline episode in that aired in March 2021, prosecutors revealed that Tammy's cousin came forward about the photograph. Oh. My understanding is that it is on one of their phones, but I'm not sure which one, and I... I don't want to say because too many sources have said have said too many things. Gotcha. Okay. About it, but that is the new evidence okay. that's coming forward. Mm-hmm. Now, in October 2018, almost five years after Elvis's disappearance, Tammy went on trial, drawing national media attention. These are for her charges. Mm-hmm. In addition to the to the other evidence that had been introduced during Sydney's trial, the prosecution introduced the threatening text messages that she had sent to Heather to support the state's theory that Tammy had been driven into a jealous rage when she knew of Elvis's possible pregnancy, giving her motive to hurt mm-hmm. her. Sydney's mother testified that a few days after learning of the affair, Tammy had actually physically beat her husband severely. Oh my gosh. Yes. Then there was evidence in her trial brought forward about how she was sexting a young she had actually, her Google search was for, like, cougar life. Yeah. Okay. I know. Got so it. She was searching how to be a cougar. So after she found out he had cheated, she yep. was, like, on a mission to do the same. With a younger man. Mm-hmm. Because she starts sexting a younger man. And these texts were read during her trial that her attorney tried to object to, claiming that he has never heard things so provocative, provocative in his life that he they were blush worthy and that they painted they were being brought forward against her just to paint her character mm-hmm. and had actually nothing to do with Heather's disappearance and everything to do with just trying to you know trying to demonize her character right but the state is like no we're letting you know that she was jealous. She was in a jealous rage because her defense is she's trying to claim that they had an open marriage and that she liked Heather and that she had no problem with Sydney having an affair with mm-hmm. Heather because she herself has lovers. Right. Okay. And so. But there's nothing until after the affair. 
Right. There, I mean, there's there was no evidence of anything no, until she he... did not have a relationship with anyone else until she found out about his relationship. Then she's googling um, the cougar, co- the life. cougar life, sexting horrific stuff, graphic content yes, to, to this young kid who is actually um really young, so young that his name has been changed in oh, wow. the things. From what I understand, that is not his real name. They called him quote a teen. She was sexting a teen named. Quote, Caleb. Oh, God. That is a, a teen-like name, Right. Too. So. Good um, Lord. She went, like, all. She, she went, went off. The, yeah. Yes, more, she told the teen in the text that she was fantasizing about him. I want you, Caleb, one message said. You don't even know it. I want to fuck the hell out of you. Mm. And I just love how Tammy. her. I love how her attorney was like, this is the most blush-worthy messages that I have ever heard. Okay, sir. Sir. We know you go home and watch weird porn. <laughs> so don't even play. And if that is the worst you've heard. For sure. I'm sorry. Like your yeah, life. Boy, we've got a lot vanilla. to teach you. Because <laughs> oh. Now, the sexting I mean, stopped. The police officer, the forensic police officer that was like had to read all this stuff. Right. The poor schmuck testified that the sexting stopped after the boy's mother discovered the messages and contacted Mora. Because he was a teenager, right? Yeah. That's yep. so, that's a little little disturbing. Yep. Um, you have to, you gotta admit, there was a little bit of uh, intention to humiliate there at the trial reading those. Oh, <laughs> like, sure. I know I would have been thinking <laughs> along those lines. Well, actually, her lawyer petitioned several, motioned several times for a mistrial. Because of those text messages really? that were read to the teenage boy. But I mean, but it goes to prove, like, you didn't have an open marriage. You found out about him having sex with this beautiful young woman. And I and I get it. Like, jealousy is a horrible thing. It is. So you start Googling the cougar life. You reached out to an old oh, yeah. flame from like, You want him to hurt the way you're hurting. For sure. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, you're not the only one that can go off and get some. Mama still got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Ma- Mama's a cougar. Yeah. You know what the saddest thing is? Is it saddest? The most, know, sad? the most sad? Sure. We Whatever. You know what's really sad? What's really sad, Amber? So I was just thinking about, like, they went to Disney. They have three kids. Mm-hmm. Like, these poor kids and all of this, just because daddy wanted to go have an affair with a 20-year-old. 20, 20 mm-hmm. It's like this whole family was completely ripped apart because of jealousy and steamy love yep, affairs. Exactly. I just I feel I feel bad for the kids in all of this. Right. You know. Yeah, I I agree. It's it's really a shame. During her trial, phone records showed that Moore appeared to threaten Heather numerous times and had since deleted the text messages. But just so y'all know, they're never really fully deleted. They never go away. Oh, are those fun to come upon? She was saying things like someone's about to get their ass beat down. I mean, actual threatening, you know, things. The prosecutors alleged that Moore was driven by jealousy to get rid of Elvis after she learned about her husband's affair. The defense team, however, claimed that Moore had an open marriage and that defendant knew her her husband was having sex with, with Heather. Tammy testified on her own behalf and said that when that she actually had a really nice conversation with Heather a month before her disappearance and resolved any issues that the two had just in this nice and tidy, neat little wrapping it up Aww, in a little bow. Isn't bulb. that nice? Isn't that sweet? That's so sweet. However, a detective who interviewed Tammy recalled that she had characterized Sydney's relationship with Elvis as inconsequential. She showed Tammy, the, the investigator showed Tammy a hotel room key that was found in Heather's car. 
as well as a recent receipt indicating that Sydney had paid for the room, suggesting that it had been something more serious than just this open marriage thing. Uh-huh. So Tammy was like, nope, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. I didn't know that they, I had no idea that they had went to a hotel together. But yet she'd been having him followed. And also yeah. some of the evidence off from her phone was a photograph of the receipt that was found. So oh, she so found she knew. the receipt. Yeah, yeah, she knew, she knew. During her cross-examination, they did get her to admit that her and Sydney were legally separated now due to... Her disappointment over him having, over him not having taken the stand in his own defense during either of his trials. Wow. So the two are currently legally separated. So they are done. Mm -hmm. The suggestion that the new charges of conspiracy to commit kidnapping probably has something to do. I think that the lawyers are onto something when they're like, yeah, these new charges are probably brought about because one's. Willing to testify against the other. Because now they're legally separated. Yeah. So now she's like, I don't care. He can go down. Yep. Or vice versa. I also found this interesting. Because remember how she did go through some legal ramifications for violating the gag order? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, as it turns out, her son, five of her family members that were supposed to testify for her, were not adhering to the sequestrian rules. So you know how you have, you are, if you are going to testify in a court case, you are sequestered, which means you are not allowed in the courtroom. You're not allowed to have any knowledge through the media, anything that's going on with it prior mm-hmm. to your testimony. Well, they had a police officer come forward and say, hey, yeah, I watched her entire family watching from a laptop the live footage of the court oh, hearing. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So it's just like little things like that where it's like, okay, rules don't apply to you. You know, yeah, like the, yeah. the Medicaid fraud. You know, it's just, those are like character things to me. For sure. Yep. It, it, it does paint a picture. Align, you know, with it. After the 11-day trial, the jury convicted Tammy on both charges following four hours of deliberations. She was sentenced to 30 years for each charge to run concurrently with wow. credit for time served. She says she'll be appealing the verdict because it's based entirely on circumstantial evidence. But either way, Sydney is currently serving 10 years for the um, obstruction of justice. Tammy is serving 30 for the charges of kidnapping and obstruction of justice. There has now been new charges brought forth for conspiracy to commit kidnapping. So there is... There is more here that will be gotcha. eventually resolved. So that's what I said at the beginning when I'm like, here's a missing persons case that's kind of solved, not solved. Yeah. Like we have There's more coming out. Yeah. And- we have people that were definitely involved. Oh, without a question. Yeah. And they are serving time for their involvement in it. We just don't have the, the answers of what exactly took place and we Unfortunately, Heather's family does not have her body to lay to rest. Yeah, so they don't know really what happened to her, where she is, but they Mm -hmm. know that these two clearly murdered her. And so with him, you know, with that photograph coming forward, Mm -hmm. is there a possibility that he'll get... I think, More. well, remember, they had dropped the murder charges, but under a specific law so that if new evidence came forward, they, they could bring could them be, up again. Yes, they oh, could good. be back up on it. Good thinking. Yes. Yeah, so they, you know, they will be able to 
it, so once they get a little bit more, they could still be like, yeah, by the way. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's amazing that they didn't find her because every step of what they did, they pretty much threw themselves under the bus with yeah the video footage, yeah. the cleaning s- supplies. They took a picture of the body. Yeah. Like, they really just paved the way to get caught. They did. And so I'm amazed that they haven't found her body. And her body. I mean, they couldn't I have know. been that savvy to, you know. Well, that I know. That's just it. Like, where? well, that's where I wonder if where the concrete comes in. Yeah. Because yeah. it makes it so it's not going to surface anywhere, mm-hmm. you know, if she's just. Because you said the phone was in the water somewhere. Some, they know it was. it's in the wildlife rescue, refuge mm-hmm. somewhere. Gotcha. Yeah. After, the day after. Tammy's trial ended. Terry of Elvis, Heather's father, appeared in court. He actually was found guilty of contempt of court uh, because one of Tammy's lawyers, who was named Casey Moore, as if that's not confusing, we've got the Moorers and now the Moore, alleged that on the first day of the trial, Terry had yelled obscenities and insults at him as they met in the bathroom, violating the court's injunction not to have any verbal contact with the other attorneys. Through his own lawyer, Terry admitted the contact but denied being verbally abusive. He insisted in his defense that Moore had used the bathroom on the side of the courthouse that was supposed to be used by the Elvis family. Mm Because that's how hostile everything got. They had sides of the thing. And the courtroom found him guilty and fined him $400, which he said he would pay even though the Elvis family felt the charge was misguided since the case had lasted so long. Oh, wow. I know. There's so much hurt man here. a break. Well, then why are you using that bathroom? Yeah. You're not use suppo- another bathroom, right. sir. You're her attorney. You're one of her attorneys, and you're using the bathroom that is designated on the side for the victim's family? Right, right. Like, go nope. find another place to go potty. Yep, there it is. We don't... Her family does not have her body yet. We don't have the whole truth of what happened that night, but we know one, if not two, people that were involved. Mm-hmm. and. And unfortunately, because of the way that Tammy was so violent in the months leading up to with her text messaging, um, the things that she was making Sydney do, you know, taking his phone away because he was a naughty boy, handcuffing mm-hmm. him. Handcuffing him to um, the bed so yeah, he would sleep there. You know, all of that stuff. That's why she's serving 30 years currently, and he's only serving 10 for obstruction of justice by lying about that phone call to the payphone. It's the same situation that we had where we've seen this time and time again where people are serving time for lying during an investigation, but they're not forced to tell the truth. Like, they're not serving anything for not telling the truth. Like, we know you're involved and we know you're lying, so here's those charges. Here's your time for that. But we, we've got nothing if you just tell us the truth of what's mm-hmm. going on. You have no consequences. I truly right hope they find <sighs> Me too. the answers. Me um, too. And I'm hoping that that new, you know, evidence like the Dateline was saying that released just, you know, a couple of months ago about. Um, That'll be a game the, changer. The cousin coming forward and saying there was some sort of. A photo. A photo, yeah. you know, perhaps now the. Which the just puts such a conspiracy twist on it. Like. The jealousy was one thing that and it got so bad that it led you to this point. Right. But the picture is just this, like, really just sick twist. Dark. Now yeah. you're enjoying. Yeah. Now you're, like, almost proud of what you yep. did. Now you're enjoying it. And, and it's and it like a trophy me, of It made some me kind. wonder if it's, like, this was all, in, you know, orchestrated by Tammy. And so he had to take the picture to prove that she was dead. 
Maybe, maybe Tammy wasn't they actually there. Maybe, but yeah. she forced him to do it. He oh, had I was to, like, it's done. He had it's to prove finished. it. That's what I'm wondering. He had to prove it to her, or he she was there that night because the cell phone, their cell phone movement shows they were together. Right. And so, so she was around. Yeah. So I'm like, did he take her someplace else on that peach tree landing? Took a picture. Tammy waited. It's done. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe. I'm surprised with them being separated now mm-hmm. that one hasn't. Well, that's been where, like here's that's what where, happened. That's where they think the co-conspiracy to kidnap charge is coming from. Is that now one has decided to turn, probably for their own. Maybe somebody wants a lesser sentence. Yeah. Someone who is maybe serving 30 years. Right. Something like that. Although she's appealing it, which, you know, you, you got to figure they're going to. But she's appealing it, saying all the evidence against her is circumstantial. But to me, like, you told the police that you guys were home all night. Why is your cell phone moving all over the place? Isn't it just so unfortunate that, you know, this this guy with a dad bod and some just for men yep. wanted to dip into the, the fountain of youth. Yeah, exactly. And... <laughs> And, and all of happened. this arises. It's yes. so tragic. If These... you're unhappy in your marriage, just leave your marriage. Yeah, go or ahead and leave. Go to a counselor and work it out. Please don't have extramarital affairs that end up in, you know, this 20-year-old, Heather is so innocent. She had, she didn't have enough life experience to n- not do this. She like, had clearly horrible taste in men. For sure. And, and, and for that, I feel sorry for her. Yes, but. Because, but who doesn't at 20? I mean, right. sometimes we all, you know, sometimes people do. Right, and, and I'm so, not judging her because we've all made mistakes. But, right. you know, it's just so sad There's that this happened. There's a taint face in all of our <laughs> history. <laughs> somewhere. All right. But the, and it, I honestly feel so bad for the kids because yeah. it's like, it sounds like they were. Because of the choices their parents made. It sounds like Tammy wasn't so great, probably before all of this, because the there's some character things that came out. Definitely, but still, like they had three children that now their parents are in prison. Both of them, yeah, so sad. It is. It really, really is. And then there's a whole other family that has two adult children who, and and they're missing their middle child. It's so tragic, awful. It is. We'll do updates as I'm gonna need updates on this one as things go, you know, along. between both the appeals and, hell, he may get out on parole before he's up for co-conspiracy charges, you know, yeah, before yeah. that trial starts. You just never, you never know, but it's sad. This is why around. we don't cheat. This That's is why right. we don't just, cheat. Just leave. <sighs> that is what you need to do. Just leave. Please yes. do not cheat. Okay. Ready for a brain bath? I am. Brain bath? So I actually have a couple because this was... Like an article that was wrote into thoughtcatalog.com where people were just like writing in these funny, dumb criminal, oh, you know, like things. So two, two is always better than one. Yes. Yeah. All right. This one says, my mom's cousin was a bank robber. The time he got caught, he went into a bank, scoped the place out, left to go back to his bike. And it actually says this. This motherfucker robbed banks on a fucking bike. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it says in the article. I love it. That's in great. parentheses. This motherfucker <laughs> robbed fucking banks on a bike. But he, he put a mask on, robbed the bank. Police see the video footage, see that the bank robber was wearing the same exact clothes as the guy who left less than a minute before. 
One minute. Oh, boy. He literally came in on his bike, cased the place, walked out back to his bike, put his mask on, and then came back <laughs> in and robbed the place. And they were like, where's Waldo? Yeah. There yeah, he there, is. There he is. One less than one minute. Wow. I mean, put a little effort in. At least come back the next day. Yeah. Like, go in, kind of snoop around, come back later. But Right. One minute. He's like, they'll never know it's me. Wearing the same clothes. Just, just throwing just a mask on. Throwing a mask on. Oh, my goodness. Yep, yep. One said we had, we once had an inmate that would constantly call Crime Stoppers on his contraband cell phone and try to get them to give him the reward if he confessed <laughs> to his crimes. No, this I appreciate. It's just he did this several times a month. Like, I, I love this. Like, listen, Crime Stoppers, I have... I've got your guy. I've got some footage for you. I've, that is I'm going to tell you. I wonder if they're like, we know it's right. you. You're in prison for it. What do you have to... You don't need to confess you're here. This one is like... this. I love it. I do. I, can, I, like, couldn't even be, I can't even it. be mad. And you know he's like, he just wants it for his commodities. Yeah. He's like, yeah. I just want to get a ho-ho. Well, I, and yeah, I want some snacks and, yes. and a razor or right. whatever. Exactly. And this, this one says, Every day I see a black SUV with sheriff written on the side parked in the driveway across the street. I don't know if the guy is the sheriff or works for the sheriff, but one night I woke up to a dozen sirens outside. Turns out some idiot tried breaking into Sheriff Dude's house while he was home, and his vehicle was right freaking there. You do- Lovely. Like, I love, I also like, I appreciate this neighbor, by the way. He's like, I really don't know anything about him, except that he drives, he drives this. The, yeah. like, even I know, I, who don't. He so knows- did the guy, did the sheriff guy, like, arrest him and use his car that was right there? Right. <laughs> like, by the here you go, this is pretty easy. We don't even have to wait for anyone. Just going to. You just Step get in. to yeah. my vehicle. I'm going to turn the lights on. It's literally been parked here the whole time. Right? <laughs> but I like the guy that wrote in. He knows nothing about his neighbor yeah. at all. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, but even I wouldn't do that. He's a, he's like, a sheriff guy of some kind. He clearly is but... a sheriff's guy of some kind. But you had to walk by the car to break into the house. What a poor choice. Yeah. You picked the wrong house, buddy. Oh, this one might be good. About 10 years ago, I got held up and robbed by a group of three guys with knives. All they wanted was the money in my wallet, so me being the smart guy, not wanting to mess with knives, just obliged. At the end of the ordeal, he put the knife to my throat and said, if you ever tell the cops my name is, they redacted the name, I will slice your throat right now. Oh my. <laughs> like, wow. Like, why, why even, ta- that's so unnecessary. He didn't know your name. Wow. And it was probably some ridiculous name. When you he know? left, he was probably like, oh, crap. For sure. Like, Tiny, why'd you tell him your name? <laughs> it was Tiny. I would like tiny. to think it was Tiny. Oh, my Lord. All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode. I mean, as much as you can enjoy. Right. We're all sick. That's why we're here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we all enjoy it's out it. In the, it's up in the air now. It is. Out in the air. But follow us on social media. Send us case suggestions, crimecurious at yahoo.com if you'd like. If you want more content um, and episodes faster because we release them earlier to our Patreons, feel free to join our uh, Patreon. It's a nice little group. It is. Crimecurious at patreon.com. You get exclusive access to our Facebook group where we post 
Good stuff. The funny stuff that no one else knows about. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. All right. Well, we hope you keep it curious and we hope you keep listening. And until next time, bye-bye. Bye.